the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu to go check out thinking man tavern welcome back to another five stripe weekly episode and yeah it's a very kind of uh reminiscent a little bit in a sense uh where yeah you know some individual skill is saving the ass of atlanta united but uh definitely atlanta united 10 men there is a lot of grit a lot of uh of kind of that uh, that ability to, uh, you know, stick into games, stay in the game, and, uh, you know, fight for the badge. And that is mm-hmm. something you like to see. Now, the individual errors slash team errors slash just defensive, uh, you know, pretty much not work from uh, the midfield and defense definitely left a lot to be desired in this match. But, uh, you know, a dramatic end and back-to-back games at the Benz where there is drama, drama, drama. And, uh, you know, kind of a good thing to a degree. It's better than, you know, a loss. It's better than uh, anything uh, in the alternative. You know, definitely getting a result here uh, where it looked grim. I, we all walked away happy, I'd say, uh, just to say the least. But... Yeah, you know, uh, it starts off pretty well. Jose Martinez, he picks up a loose ball from some uh, good pressure up high. Uh, And yeah, terrible back pass. And Jose Martinez is into space. And he scores one from outside the box. It's kind of a rare one uh, for Jose Martinez a little bit. Not definitely uh, always his MO, but uh, really brave with the shot that he took, basically, is... uh, up in the middle of the net and uh yeah you know so nice early lead for la united and uh, i think that's where the players stop playing and <laughs> that's uh, essentially where uh la united they you know maybe they saw the uh oh and three uh you know uh from montreal and they're thinking oh this one's in the bag this one's easy no big deal uh, but yeah, we switch off, and you can't switch off in this league. Basically, yeah. the margins are small, and uh, we switch off for just enough. Uh, so from a corner, Brooks Lennon, uh, yeah, he passes it back, and it's a little bit short. But uh, yeah, uh, essentially, our midfield tries to do a little bit too much. Probably tries to you know continue the play instead of maybe just safely kicking it out. And uh, yeah, essentially. Uh, it's not offside because it's in their half, and yeah, we have, you know, we're pretty much up against it when two guys are going in on our goal, and uh, pretty much all of our, oh, all of our defense is still trying to step up for some reason. Very, very weird. And uh, so, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, of mental errors here that we mm-hmm. need to stamp out because this is just not good enough, and. Uh, some have said that Guzan should have done better here. I, I think people are ragging on Guzan. I like I will rag on Guzan when he deserves it, but he doesn't deserve it here. There's like basically, 
Yeah, you know, he's basically has a two-on-one. He's got no choice. He's got to make a decision. And like, it's one of those things where I guess it just looks bad. I guess that's why people are going off about it because it's this. And so I, as you, as you know, like I wasn't able to make it to the game. And so, uh, you know, when I see the reactions online, I'm expecting some huge error. Brad Guzan did not make an error. He was in an impossible situation. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what people are. It, it's, you know, it's funny because like, I feel like I almost, uh, not forced necessarily, but I end up taking this position of defending Guzan just because the reactions, uh, whenever there seems to be an opportunity, I guess, to, uh, to criticize him is it, it just comes off over the top for me like this is not I don't, I don't know i'm not sure what uh people are expecting any keeper in the world really to do in that situation yeah exactly you you're on a two-on-one uh the percentages of them that are <laughs> the ability for them to not score is very very low here like if they yeah. didn't score it would be like jossie zarda's shocking level of uh of missing but uh <laughs> I don't know if you right. Yeah, yeah. Miss. Oh my gosh. Jeez, yeah. yeah. it was harder to miss. Yeah, it was definitely harder to miss on that one. But anyway, uh, if you haven't caught that miss, uh, catch it somewhere on Twitter, maybe. But it is, uh, yeah, absolute shocker there. But uh, yeah, it's basically a tap in. You know, there's nothing that Guzan could do, and uh, yeah, that's where it pretty much all unraveled. Uh, there's very much, uh, yeah bit of a uh, kind of malaise that kind of uh, starts happening the uh, maybe the shocking level of uh, how our you know team pretty much defended that uh, just led to the team kind of uh, whatever it was it just wasn't good enough and uh, yeah two subsequent subsequent goals that uh, I mean they weren't avoidable but it definitely just allowed Montreal to get completely in the game where for the first 20-25 minutes they were not in the game and uh, yeah. you know with that uh, we're down 3-1 uh, so at the half we make a change and Dom Dwyer he comes up top uh, but not at the half but yeah he does uh, come on later on in uh, the 60th something minutes but uh, we do make changes at the half where, uh, yeah, you know, not only uh, because Alan Franco, he had an injury, uh, so George Campbell came in, but Ronald Hernandez came out, Brooks Lennon went backward, and uh, yeah, you know, you had uh, Tiago Almada come in as well, where, I mean, we had him as starting, I argue he probably should have started, probably, a little, probably hungrier maybe, uh, to make some things happen, but, uh, you know, totally fine. It works it's also out. interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, the George Campbell for Alan Franco. Now, of course, after the match, he would say that uh, he felt something in his knee. Uh, I mean, I, I, I hope, sir, first of all, I hope he's okay. Um, yeah. And I guess we just have to kind of take his word for it. But I yeah. would not be surprised if this is just a kind of cover for the fact that he's not playing well. Like, Alan Franco is not playing well to start this season. He did not, he was not playing well at the beginning of last season as well. And I just think that's kind of a worrying trend. Like, you would expect, because he's the most senior center back. 
yeah. that we have you know so like you would expect him and you know with with the price tag that he came with you would expect him to be the most reliable he hasn't proven to be that so far so you know in two weeks time i'm very curious to see who the starting center backs are, are going to be because i think campbell has every bit of right to start as much if not more than franco right now yeah at the moment form is uh definitely in campbell's corner for sure and so uh you know definitely something in, in terms of franco yeah it's been a little bit rough and that's okay it's early hopefully he can just really get rid of those uh little individual errors that uh he has sometimes but uh yeah campbell has been a little bit more steady uh for sure and yeah i mean uh yeah on to that Dom Dwyer uh, substitution. Yeah, it seemed like uh, it was just more up top, uh, two up top. And it seemed like, okay, well, we changed the shape, uh, see what we could do. I was curious to see what we were going to, uh, you know, service-wise uh, get in there. And unfortunately, as quickly as he got on, he, he pretty much uh, stamped his way out with uh, that that horror tackle uh red card worthy for sure and uh yeah it's yeah, it is what no it is. argument yeah it's uh a classic case of trying to do too much and uh because he yeah. didn't play last match and so probably he's trying to prove like ah yeah i deserve to get some minutes and uh yeah, yeah now he will miss uh yeah those matches uh a few matches so i think just... yeah that's probably worthy of three right yeah exactly so uh, that's uh, that's a bummer, but uh, we do have some reinforcements coming in, and so we will allude to that and talk about that uh, at a later part of the show. But yeah, uh, you know that almost seemed to be the catalyst a little bit in our comeback. Uh, you know, it, it kind of woke us up and like, oh shit, yes, we need to play at home, or we're gonna risk pretty much pissing off a lot of fans. And uh, hopefully that was the case anyway, because that's how uh, it felt like in the stadium a little bit. And that's mm. what the response was from the team. And that seemed to be good. And yeah. in that sense, uh, yeah, you know, it, it took a little bit of time before we uh, uh, were able to maybe truly get back into the game. But uh, yeah, 85th minutes, Tiago Almada from a corner that's uh, clearance, not cleared well enough. Tiago Almada, he gets that ball. He skins a couple dudes. Uh, there's a diving tackle, but he's able to elude it. And he's falling down, but he is able to stroke that baby top bins past that mm -hmm. keeper. It is uh, unstoppable, really. I mean, it's up for MLS Goal of the Week as well. Worthy of that. It is quite a debut goal in MLS. For a player that, I mean, let's be real, uh, you know, let's let's say this in the world uh, kind of um, I think it was like U20 or in that territory of players. He uh, I forget which publication, but basically he was in that top 10. Like that's insane. Like that. That's the level of talent that uh, Tiago Amada is. And uh, yeah, he definitely proved it in this uh, in this first goal. He was quite uh quite clinical with uh you know his feet and that finish but uh you know that definitely 
it uh it woke the stadium up we definitely were uh definitely hooting and hollering a lot louder mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot more rowdy and proud, and uh, the comeback was on. And that's uh, that was much more apparent. And uh, yeah, that third goal, the free kick won by Jose Martinez, where uh, arguable high kick fans were arguing for a uh, red card, probably not yellow card, probably the best call there. But uh, that sets it up for the mm -hmm. drama for Brooks Lennon to. Uh, step up for this free kick. Yeah, 35 yards out or so, like pretty far out. Tiago Almada is, uh, he's stepping over it too, but uh, he pretty much, uh, yeah, is kind of shooed away by Brooks Lennon, who is the more senior player at the moment. And uh, yeah, he now maybe didn't put it in the corner, but he, yeah, maybe not a screamer, but it's definitely uh, well struck. It is on goal, and the keeper probably should have done better. But, uh, you know, I think he probably should have took one strong hand upward maybe. But, I mean, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a professional goalkeeper, so, you know, you know he, uh, he could do whatever he wanted. But it seemed like the wrong move. Two-handed. <laughs> Two-handed and, uh, yeah, pretty much not a strong enough, uh, you know, strong enough hands to get it out from uh you know from the parry parries it into his own goal unfortunately and uh yeah the fans are in pandemonium it is absolutely scenes uh it's just unbelievable i mean you know definitely one of those where uh is it replicable probably not uh <laughs> but it is something that uh provides for quite a moment uh and not since Apparently, against Montreal, have Atlanta United scored three from outside of the box since Montreal. So, uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah, definitely an insane <laughs> stat there that uh, is pretty cool. Uh, all three goals from, were from outside of the box. And uh, I think, we, yeah, we need to see more of that where we pop off shots, uh, you know, and not just from Marcelino Moreno. But, yeah, any thoughts on, uh, you know, kind of the goals and what we just uh, kind of went over? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think here's my thing about Lane United right now. Like, the individual talent is not an issue, right? And so, like, you know, I think that's the most obvious with uh, Almada uh, coming on and making the difference. Uh, you know, really quality goal. Uh, again, as you alluded to, probably should have started. Um, the Lennon free kick was interesting. I mean, I think he struck it well. I think there's good uh, dip on it. Um, in terms of, again, yeah, I'm also not a professional goalkeeper, but uh, I think he could have taken a step. That was what was weird to me, is that he was planted where he was and was slow to react, didn't take a, a hop step, you know, to give yourself that base to really push off and get a good save in um you know yeah going after it with two hands instead of one strong hand or you know i just yeah i think he could have done better uh but you know it is what it is you know you take it um you're not gonna complain too much um so yeah i mean it's it's so like with montreal's lineup uh i will say like they played a stronger lineup than um i thought yeah so 
Um, and, you know, credit to them, even though they've played uh, twice as many games as Atlanta, uh, they still managed to, I mean, obviously gave us a hell of a game. The, the difference in uh, XG was 2.94 for Montreal to 0.71 for Atlanta. Like, that's, you know, uh, that's probably not repeatable. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's not what, you know, the XG doesn't matter as the actual score. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, like I, uh, at the end of it, I guess, because uh, I was following along, you know, I kind of had mixed feelings. Um, and what you were kind of saying before in terms of, uh, you know, individuals brilliant saving Atlanta's ass. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. And, you know, I was definitely feeling the same way at this time. Uh, but I was listening to somebody earlier, and uh, they kind of made this point, and I agree, that, like, elite teams have individuals, right, that, you know, have those moments, and it's repeatable, right? Like, it's consistent. Um, and so I don't think that's, like, the quality is not an issue. Uh, for like, We know this team has the quality, and some of those players still haven't played. Like, Sosa just got his first minutes. Uh, we still haven't seen Ibarra this season, you know what I mean? And so there's still more to come. Uh, but I guess, like, from what I can tell, uh, based on the goals, certainly, any you know, the overall, uh, I guess, uh, flow of the match, I think that structure is an issue for Atlanta United right now more than anything else. Um, and I'm curious as to, you know, obviously you saw the whole 90 minutes. Do you think the structure is uh, still a work in progress for the team? Yeah, I think the structure is a work in progress. I wouldn't say it's maybe quite an issue. There is... Uh... I think a lack of cohesion because, yeah, there is a lot of chopping and changing so far. Uh, you know, the best lineup that we probably could field out there has not played together. And uh, we still have not played with all three DPs uh, pretty much on the pitch. And so that's, uh, right. that's a thing, too, that, uh, you know, we uh, probably won't until uh, a little bit of time either. And so that's, you know, that's the frustrating bit about this is, uh, there's a lot of pieces that are very, very talented, and it's just how can they play the team game? Because that's the most important part here is that uh, in between the lines, there needs to be good partnerships. And so far, uh, it's kind of a wait and see who is the best, uh, not only center back pair, uh, not only the best midfield, uh, you know, triumvirate maybe, or pairing. Or, you know, the in terms of forward line, uh, you know, who the best three there are, too. So, uh, and then also, of course, you know, Ronald Hernandez uh, getting most of the starts at right back. Uh, and then kind of a who's at right wing, too. It's, there's just a lot of unknown at the moment. And so it's understandable that there is a little bit of the, uh, you know, lack of cohesion, but also... Uh, who's starting from match to match and that's okay it's very early on people are coming back from injury uh, slash you know visa uh, stuff slash etc etc and mm -hmm. uh, hopefully uh, we can get that kind of squared away as soon as possible after Luis Adarujo comes back that we have more of a pick itself type of 11 because that's when I think uh, teams really they know each other inside and outs and that way they can uh, start to play with a lot more chemistry which is I think super important uh, in really putting a run of results together that isn't going to be 
you know, super inconsistent. Uh, so, you right. know, uh, I think that that's what Montreal has uh, in this over us is that, uh, you know, they've played with this 11 several times. And so, you know, uh, the when the chips were down, they were able to come back and get a strong lead. But, yeah, they uh, they shit the bed, that's for sure. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take that any day of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will take luck over skill. Um, you know, sure, you have, times, you have to be a little bit lucky. Yeah. And so, you know, there is that, uh, I think, it being a fortress, the uh, 10 games that we are undefeated at home, uh, definitely may it continue because uh, it was definitely in jeopardy in this match. And... It's yeah. something that, uh, yeah, we uh, we definitely left it really late. Yeah. But uh, we were able to persevere and uh, be persistent and uh, yeah, definitely pulled out a result. So that is good. But, uh, yeah, final yeah. thoughts on this match? Yeah, uh, I'll go back to kind of what you were saying at the beginning about the grid of the team. Um, and I think it's evident, you know, I think they're playing for the manager. Um, you know, now I will say, you know, we saw, I think, signs of this at the beginning of uh, Ainsey's, uh tenure, you know, like the grit, the determination. Um, and of course, we, you know, of course, we learned what happened and the team kind of wore down. Uh, so, you know, of course, we're assuming that it's different this time around. Uh, but it is good to see that toughness. Um and that's that's certainly a quality that uh, LA United can use. Uh, I think you know in the past it's a quality that we've needed more of. Um, and so yeah, you know, like I think that at least is something to build on. And as you said, yes, yeah, the team gets healthier and we get a more cohesive eleven. Um, yeah, I, you know, like the the results I think should come. Yeah, it's uh, it's early yet, but uh, yeah, any uh, any Pineda out people right now on the interwebs. Uh, <laughs> Talking a little crazy right now, man, but uh, it's definitely uh, give them the shot once uh, they have all the the players in tow playing together, and uh, then we'll we'll visit that conversation. But uh, yeah, next up for Atlanta United, it will be April second at DC United. They will be on the road for a bit of time before they get back to the Benz. Is also the, the international break this. Uh, coming week and next week so definitely uh you know that's a bit of time where we're all kind of twiddling our thumbs a little bit just pining for some football but Mm -hmm. uh yeah anyway we'll wrap a bow on that match and get to the news for this week and it's official there was a rumor from uh tom bogert uh, that pretty much said that LA United were very close on Sunday night to uh, pretty much finalizing the deal for a loan for Mexican forward Ronaldo Cisneros. Not that Ronaldo, but uh, he's from Chivas. He's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, in terms of that, maybe much less, uh, much more underwhelming probably than the, the real Ronaldo, but. Uh, in terms of body shape and all that, I mean, yeah, definitely seems like a, a little bit of a unit, a little bit as well. So, you know, definitely yeah. a, a specimen that uh, hopefully he, uh, you know, can uh, use his uh, skills to help us. Now, he will be on loan through July 7th with an option to extend through the end of the 2022 season. Uh, with a purchase option as well. He will also occupy an international spot 
so yeah, this uh, he's a 25-year-old. Uh, hasn't played a ton of minutes uh, recently, but his last 19 appearances, he has six goals and two assists. So a decent mm. return in the minutes that he does play. It is the uh, second team in the Mexican second tier, though. So uh, there is that right. caveat that uh, you know he's not playing at the highest level in Mexico. But right. uh, Carlos Bocanegra did say uh, that uh, we like his profile. He can play direct and stretch the opposition. And he has the versatility to play up top or on the wing as part of a front three. And so, yeah, definitely options uh, and, you know, a different look than maybe what we're used to. Uh, so, you know, what do you think? Is this a, is this a good move? Is this an underwhelming move? What do you think? No, I wouldn't call it underwhelming. Um, now, you know, I think that uh, it also kind of makes sense on the back of the reported uh, Luca Martinez Dupuy uh, rumors that, you know, of course... Uh, the team ended up not, uh, you know, aqua- you know, pursuing that player any further at this time. But uh, you know, he was a similar profile in terms of a tall striker, um, maybe target man kind of profile. And so, um, in that sense, I think, you know, you give yourself another option in the short term, especially with the Dwyer maybe out for a month now, depending on how long he gets suspended for. Um, and you know. It's this too. We haven't seen a whole lot of Jackson Martinez with the ones, and you know we kind of touched on this before, but or oh, right, Jackson sorry, Conway, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jackson Conway, yeah, sorry, yeah, not the, uh, yeah. Uh, not the former uh, Atletico Madrid player. Uh, uh, no, yeah, right, yeah. that'd be crazy. Uh, yeah. Jackson Conway, yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of Jackson Conway, um, and with the ones, and so you know I think we kind of touched on it here before. It's like you know what, how does the team view him? And to be honest, like it's this bringing in this uh, this profile player, especially one is uh, I believe he's 25 years old. Uh, you know, it's like it definitely seems like direct competition for Conway. And um, you know, maybe maybe they don't see Conway's future with Atlanta United. I mean, who knows? You know, I'm not you know, I don't Early, have any yeah. insider information, but yeah. um, you know, I think that it it is telling that. Uh, they're still looking to address uh, the depth of striker. I mean, it makes sense too. You know, like I think that this is this is a prudent move. Um, and you know, with it being a short-term loan, you know, you can uh, they don't have to extend it. You know, past the summer. And you know, if he does play well enough, then cool, you have another option for the season. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, definitely someone that can play in that front three that has more of an eye for goal. Because yeah, it is that. There is a little bit of the where you don't know how much uh, Luis Araujo is going to be out. You need guys that can run in behind or uh, offer in something a little bit different than, uh, you know, I think that's what it is. You have Marcelino Moreno, who uh, is best driving from deep. You have Tiago Almada, who probably is more of that creative playmaker slash uh, maybe second striker in that sense where, you know, just a little bit deeper. So, you know, if there's a ball over the top, if there's a, a one-on-one, you need guys that can finish the ball. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully uh, Ronaldo Cisneros is that man for us, along with Joseph Martinez, of course. So, uh, hopefully uh, he plays well. We shall see. But uh, moving on from that, uh, as alluded to before, yes, uh, as well, Jago Almada is up for the MLS Goal of the Week on Twitter. So get there and vote on MLS so that, uh, yeah, I think worthy winner for sure if he does get mm-hmm. that uh, that nod. But, uh, yeah, as well, 
Brooks Lennon, he made the bench for the MLS Team of the Week. Uh, definitely well-deserved with that uh, that free kick that uh, was the equalizer. Now, uh, yeah, I definitely applaud his resilience for sure for, uh, you know, being mentally strong enough to, uh, you know, still have the cojones uh, to, you know, just battle throughout the, the match, even though, you know, it was his ball that led to the error-ish. I mean, it was the rest right. of the team as well that, uh, still uh, kind of definitely led to that first goal all the errors that uh, that led up to it uh, so it was definitely a, a team error uh, along with the individual errors that uh, that came along with it but uh, but good to see Lennon get that and uh, yeah as well for the uh, in terms of US men's national team uh, players Miles Robinson has uh, made that camp for uh, or for the friendlies for the U.S. men's national team, as well as George Bellow, our former player, of course. And Caleb Wiley mm -hmm. and Tyler Wolf have made the U-20s for the U.S. youth national team. And, of course, Joseph Martinez and Ronald Hernandez have made the Venezuelan national team as well. So, yeah, lots of... No, yeah, it's just interesting that so many Atlanta United players are uh, going to the national team setups. I thought that Atlanta United was ruining football. I know, right? Yeah, if you if you uh, pay attention to the U.S. men's national team Twitter, uh, basically, which you which yeah. you don't have to, I don't yeah, recommend that. You but definitely yeah. don't recommend. But uh, <laughs> they just rag on Atlanta United for oh. Uh, you uh, aren't taking offers for Miles Robinson. Oh my God, you you guys are ruining U.S. <laughs> men's national team football, and it's just uh, it's downright silliness. But it's it's honestly, you know, because I've seen it's not just like the team itself. Like when when Bello was uh, contemplating his next move, and there were reports that he didn't really want to go to Belgium. You know, these people come out of woodwork like, oh, who's who's Bello think he is? Like, does he think he's Bundesliga level? You know, he needs to humble himself. He already has two starts in Bundesliga so you know he knew what he was doing uh and he doesn't need to listen to people on the internet right it's uh it, yeah his agent definitely uh had the best interest in mind and yeah I mean he just started against Borussia Dortmund I mean yeah I think uh it's I think I'd rather be starting against Borussia Dortmund than uh you know kind of Belgian sides to be fair yeah I mean it's just uh all respect to Belgian leagues but it's not the same level. So, but, um, yep. So that's pretty much the news there and pretty much the entire show. It's a short one this week, uh, of sorts, shorter anyway. And, uh, so that's pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is what does the team need to work on in the international break? There's, uh, a lot to work on for sure. Uh, if you look at it defensively and in midfields, let us know what you think. We're curious what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.